Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, hosted by Angel Radcliffe. Tune in as we discuss finances, success stories, and inspiring vibes that will help nurture growth. Takara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. I am excited to have this conversation today. The importance of owning your identity blueprint. I feel as though so many people really need to hear what you have to say. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about you? Look here, I'm excited. This right here makes me happy and so excited to talk about because a lot of people struggle with this. For me, it was when I turned 30. And I went through such an identity crisis from being in a tragic car accident where this man, I hit him on a bike and he died. That was New Year's Day for me. And January 14th is my birthday. So that was the the way I turned 30. Fast forward the next month, my dad became incarcerated due to accusations based on his past. And that was that. I'm the fourth child out of 22 from my daddy's side, my mother's only. And that was the icing on the cake. Let's just say that. Fast forward to April, where the flicker to the candle actually just took me all the way out, was when I lost my job. And I heard God very clearly tell me in January that I wouldn't be here at this place that I was employed at. And I thought, okay, maybe at the time I worked for a student housing development company, we were building in other places. I was like, okay, maybe God's going to use me somewhere else and not realizing that he wasn't going to have me to be employed at this place at all. So the title made me, and I didn't know that until it was stripped from me. And so I leaned and gleaned academic achievements on the fact that I was the executive director of this company and the vice president of that company. And when that was stripped away, I was lifeless. Depression became my best friend. Me and suicidal thoughts were ace bone coons. I didn't know what to do. That was the year I turned 30. And it literally shoved me on a quest to do some digging and we don't want to dig. We don't want, we don't want to do that as individuals because we don't want to get dirty. We just want the glitz and the glams of being a person and being happy with this and that. And we don't want to dig. It's, it's just dirty. It's nasty. It's painful. And what I had to do, I had to dig. And with that digging came rediscovery. I started to understand who I was without being such and such of this company and without holding a master's degree and without having a bachelor's degree from a big 10 school and all these things that made me quote unquote Takara Nicole. So I thought, and I realized the importance of owning who I was no matter what. And that was the year my speaking career was developed. That was the year I started modeling. It was so interesting because when you model, for those of you who are models out there, you understand that your walk is everything. And in order to walk or learn how to walk, one of the first things that they teach you is to walk with your head up. Now, mind you, I'm telling you, I was suicidal. I was depressed. I didn't want to be here. I tried to take myself out and I had to model. (laughs) And I laugh now because I have the victory over, you know, what I went through, but it was painful. 
And so now I call myself the identity architect and coach wanting to help people, specifically women, typically millennial and generation X women to discover their identity so they can live, unlock and rediscover who they are so they can be the powerful women that they've been created to be in spite of what they've been. That is quite an introduction. You said so many things that I resonated with. So number one, you talked about losing your job and that right there really help you get into this space of, okay, what am I doing with my life? Yes. And then you really start to understand how a company doesn't define you. Come on, come <laughs> on. And one thing that it, it just irks me and to each their own, but when I meet people, people use their title or they use their company to find <laughs> themselves. Have you ever been to a networking event and you're asking someone so what do you do? And you're introducing yourself. And instead of the person's telling you about them, they say, well, I work for I'm just oh, Tesla right, like, or whatever big company, especially if it's a big company, they throw the name out there, but you don't understand like, who they are, what they do. You're like, well, what do you do? Right. <laughs> like, okay. and they, look, then they have the fancy title that makes no sense to a normal individual like ourselves. And you know what? Angel, I was that person. I was that person. And it took someone that was near and dear to me was like, you're getting big headed and and it hurts so bad, but that was me. And you're right. But that goes to show you that people hide behind titles. And I have a saying, a title is something it's great, but if you don't have the characteristics to operate in that title, it's just words. And I always say your title doesn't define you. I love the Sunday Ducket. And she has this saying that I love. And she says that you rent your title, but you own your character. I love her for saying that. My, 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 my. Now that right there is a mic drop. Mm -hmm. Every time she says it, it's like chills because so many people don't understand that just because you're a director, a VP or the head of whatever at this company, that's not who you are. Who are you? What happens if you lose your job tomorrow? Are you going to let this company define you? And that's how so many people fall into like depression and all of these other things and drinking, drugs and alcohol. I I, I learned that at an early age. And I always say that has taught me to be so resilient and understand who I am. I I remember being laid off Mm. and this was during the 08-09 recession. And it was so hard to find another job. And I was just like, what the heck? Right. And I was one of the people who would just use like the title, the company, and I had to start like defining myself on my own terms. So with what you do in helping millennial and Gen X women, how does someone identify if they are not owning their blueprint? (laughs) I love this question. One of the ways that I can tell that someone is struggling, that they really don't know who they are is when I talk to them about I am statements and they cannot give me any. That is a clear distinction that they don't know who they are. So if they say, I'm a wife, I'm a woman, the real basic ones, that lets me know when I start helping them to dig deep and they can't, they, there's no, they don't know who they are. Let's say you meet someone at a networking event, the person's introducing themselves with their title, with their company. How do you approach them with your services after throwing (laughs) up in a bag first because it it makes me cringe now when you are aware 
it makes you move different. It makes you think differently. So I, I allow people to lead with that when I meet them. And then I say, hey, this is what I do. I would love for us to have virtual coffee. Let's connect. I want to know what you do. And when I flip it like that, guess what? People love talking about themselves. So giving people the opportunity to do so allows for me to then share what I do. So I live by this motto. I heard this when I was like 25 years old. You have to understand who you are and whose you are. Yes. And so when I think of that, and actually this was like one of my sorority sisters, we used to have girls night and we would just talk about all the different things that we were going through in life. And I remember one particular person, she was so empowering and she just said, you know, you have to understand who you are, whose you are. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Uh And then she broke it down and I was like, all right, who you are. And and we would say that all the time, every time we got together and we would do like meditation and self-reflection and I started to journal in your program or when you're working with your clients, is that something that you're pushing as well? That particular phrase? Let me tell you. So my phrase is knowing who you are is a game changer. And I came out with a book in 2020. It's called uh, Identity Blueprint Keys to Unlocking Your True Self. And just sharing elements that I literally walked myself through to understand who I was. And one of those things that I discovered is the more that I own who I am, the good, the bad, and the ugly angel, I'm going to say it again, the good, the bad, and the ugly it allows for me to really embrace all of me. And it's a forever journey. It never ends because as you unravel different things about you, there are things for you to unlearn and to relearn so you can really be who you've been created to be. And so that's one of my models, knowing who you are is a game changer and your truth is your truth. So own it. You mentioned one thing, Takara. Unlearning. I feel as though that is so important in the life that we live because growing up, sometimes we pick up these habits from family members who may not have been taught the best things. And as you become your own person and as you become an adult and you find out the things that are right and the things that you should be doing, you have to get into this whole phase of unlearning the things that you were taught growing up or unlearning the things that even that you picked up as an early adult because you're at an impressionable age at 16 to 23. So how or what approach do you suggest for someone to unlearn? I would say first, forgive yourself for picking up the habit and owning it as yours when it really doesn't belong to you. Forgive yourself because there's a lot of things that we have learned based on environment. One of the scenarios that I give, I remember I was in church one day and I I don't remember what the sermon was about, but I do remember God literally speaking to me and saying, go to the altar and repent. And I'm like, for what? And he told me, you know, there was some unforgiveness that I had with my mom. My mom raised me as a single parent with the help of my grandparents. So she did the best that she could, but there was underlying expectations that I had that I expected from her and didn't realize that. So those underlying expectations created barriers of why I don't connect with my mom the way that I should because of the unspoken expectations. When I realized how there's expectations that are unspoken 
And when we don't deal with those things, <laughs> it, it, it evolves to other things. Even just thinking about how environment has a huge role on who we are as people and making the decision to unlearn those things, even if it comes from somebody like your mom or your grandma, who you are taught to value and respect what they say, even though it no longer aligns with your value system, if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. You said two things. I'm over here taking notes because I'm like, we got to get to the (laughs) bottom of this. Unspoken expectations. Yes. Yes. So many times we all have expectations of someone, right? And sometimes we're taught maybe we shouldn't have expectations of a person. That way we won't be disappointed. But when you say that we have like unspoken expectations, I just want clarity here. Like I'm saying that people should really talk about what they're expecting from someone. I say that, and I've had these conversations with my mom since then, because I expected things from her and had to understand her perspective from things and understanding that she wasn't in the capacity to give me what I expected. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. We don't do that. We just, you know, we expect this, 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 and this. So what I'm learning is having these conversations. So you don't build this tall wall between you and a person because of unspoken expectations. So you can understand what they're able to give you and what they're not able to give you. And understanding if they're not able to give you that, does that align with who you are and what you are looking for? Because all of that matters. And now I'm even talking about romantic relationships. Your expectations are important. Don't put them to the back burner ask those important questions. And if you have an expectation, first of all, question yourself, why do I have this expectation of this person? Is this something that I'm even able to fulfill myself while I'm trying to expect it from somebody else? Asking yourself those difficult questions is a part of knowing who you are. And and Takara, you mentioned one other thing. You said the environment has a role in who we are. So one of the things that I live by, and I've been pushing this across social media for the last few years, I said, when you change your surroundings, you change your life. That's not only like where you live, but it's the people that you're surrounding yourself with. The the thoughts that you're allowing to come into your your brain and the the things that you watch on TV. Environment encompasses so many things aside from your physical environment. But I am so big on that because I had a period in my life where things were not going so great. And I not only had to take a look at me and the Mm -hmm. things that I was doing and my thought process, I had to take a look at the things around me. I had to take a look where I was living, the people that I was surrounding myself with, because I think we've all heard that phrase. You're most like the top five people. Okay. I need to get rid of this person, this person. Yes. And we always hear like, okay, you should never be the smartest person in the room. And I'm like, like, everyone's coming to me for advice, but who can I go to for some advice? So I I am just big on that. And I, I I did a purge. I got rid of all my belongings and then I just started over and I moved to a different part of town and I wanted to live by not necessarily saying that if you're more intelligent, you live in a certain area, but I wanted to live in a, in an upper class area. Yes. And I'm like, my neighbors were attorneys and I can have intelligent conversations and I was building my network and, and I was like, okay, my life just started to shift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so not only mm-hmm. that, but then the people that I was like ser- spending the most time with, everything just started to shift. My conversation started to shift. My way of thinking started to shift. So that is something that 
I push. And I'm so glad that you said that. So for someone who is having a very difficult time and maybe they're not in the right environment, what do you suggest for them to really plan out a roadmap for them to change their life or their trajectory? Absolutely. It starts with you. And for me, 2018 was that year where I started to change my circle and it literally started to change my life. That was the year that I met, I met my now significant other and I met him because we were in a personal development coaching program. And I was in a place where I was finally willing to invest in myself. I was willing to put myself in these circles with other like-minded individuals because I was tired of being the smartest person in the room. I was over it. I wanted to be able to learn the things that I knew that I needed to learn to take me to the next levels. And I realized that my circle at that time, there was individuals in my circle that I had to let go. I had to put family members on pause. And when I say put them on pause, for those of you who watch Saved by the Bell, remember when Zach would put everybody on pause or Slater or whoever, like I had to put my family on pause. I had to say, pause, time out. I'm not going to listen to your shenanigans anymore. I am going to move this way, mama included. And I had to make that decision. It was a hard one. Yet it's one that now that I have made it, my family is completely on board with all that I do. When I started my entrepreneurial walk in 2017, they thought I was absolutely ridiculous. They thought that I was crazy for leaving my, wanting to leave my state government. I live in Chicago and I worked for the state and I made amazing money. And it wasn't about the money. It was about me being who I am. And so one of the things you have to do is be willing to leave what you call home at that time because it needs to be a place where you can grow. And if you are in a place where you cannot grow, then you cannot be effective to anybody, including yourself. So I started networking more. People are so asleep on networking, it's so sad. Networking has the power to not only change your net worth, it has the power to really reshape and renew your mind, to bring you into places of alignment to help you to understand who you are. And it allows for you to understand to stop building barriers and start building bridges. You're dropping some gems. I really like that. I'm gonna have to go back and compile all your nuggets. It's all stuff that I went through. You know, I'm an open book angel. And there was a time where I would wear the mask because it was so comfortable for me to wear the mask. People accepted me more when I wore the mask because I would be able to fit into the circles that they wanted me to fit into. 2018 for me, excuse me, was a year of me changing my game and saying this mask, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, you gonna like this or not. And I'm not everybody's cup of tea. You put sugar in it, honey in it, and I still might not taste right to you. That's fine. But I know who I am now. And that's all that matters to me. Oh, absolutely. I just posted something on Instagram yesterday. I said, sometimes the weight you need to lose isn't on your body. It's the weight of other people's opinions. Amen. And I was the same way. Of course, you're wanting to be liked in the workplace or whatever you're doing. I'm just like, forget it. (laughs) Move along, move around. And you know, I reference God a lot because he has, he saved my life many times over Mm -hmm. and over and over. And I know that. I know that I, you know, we hear the cliche, I'm nobody with him. Like, I seriously know that because I've tried to take my life at least twice that I remember. And he would, I'm still here. So I know that he's a, he's a saver. He's my savior. He he knows who we are, you know? So Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, look here, boo, you have one life to live. So are you going to live it for your other people? Are you going to live it according to the life that you were created to live? Because there's a reason and purpose why all of us are on this planet. Absolutely. Period. 
And when you don't show up, people can't show up. Oh, that's another one. When you can't show up, people can't show up, especially if you're a leader and you're leading other people. You have to remember the importance of showing up, not only a leader, but as a woman, as a minority. Yes. We sometimes like forget if we don't show up, how can we encourage younger people to show up or, or it's not always about the younger generation. There are people our age who are looking for someone like just us, like the same age, maybe who's been through some of the same things to really share their story. And they're like, well, wait, I've been through some of the same things. And you know what? It's funny you just said that because a lot of my clients are older than me. Mm -hmm. Yet they respect my wisdom because I am very open. I I tell people, look, you want to know? I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, there's no shame in my game. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything to you because sugarcoating is not helping you to get over what it is that is in your way for you to own who you are. So you talked about your network and really mm-hmm. having that in order. And that's so funny because the last episode of season one of the podcast was focused on networks and how your network is your net worth. And, and that's another thing that I'm big on. And I'm like, look, you better get out here, network, meet some people, let people know who you are, yes. not just the things that you're doing at work or the company that you, you work for. It's so much deeper than that because you never know how life will shift. Life mm-hmm. is so funny. We mm-hmm. start out with, with our plan. Plan A turns into plan B, C, D. As you get older, you find out, well, I really didn't want to do this. Or now I would like to do something else. And your life just shifts and you start doing something different. And in some instances, making changes throughout life is a bit frowned upon. And I always yes, well, you have to have the courage to do what you want to do and not care about what other people are going to think, whether if it's going to run a business or if it's changing careers or you're going to be a stay-at-home mom now or whatever it is, just do it. Just do it. So you have to trust your voice. You have to trust you. You have to know who you are first to be able to trust you. Because you have to make these moves for you. You have to be the better you. Nobody can do that for you. No one's going to pay your bills. No one's going to take care of you. So you have to do the leap. And when you take the leap, you're going to fall. You're not going to fall on your knees either. You're going to land just the way you need to land so you can continue to be all that you were created to be. Powerful words. So Takara, for someone who is really searching for their true selves and wanting to get to the bottom of their identity, what are some actionable steps that you can give to listeners today? Absolutely. It starts with the root. And when I say it starts at the root, it starts at the root of your family. A lot of people don't think about that. And sometimes it's uncomfortable to get to the bottom of the roots because of the pain and the processing and the things that have to go into that. But it's worth it so you can lay your own foundation and be the owner of that and be able to build on solid ground that you can call yours so you can build the life that, yes, you were created to build. So I tell people, look at the legacy that lies within your family. Start there because there's nutrients in your roots. And sometimes we look at our roots as a bad thing. I could easily look at it as a bad thing. I'm my mother's only child, the fourth out of 22 kids. 
But when I looked at it um, from a different perspective, actually finding my first siblings on Facebook in 2011, getting to know them, getting to understand, this is why I like this, because this is dad's side of the family. This is what dad's side of the family does. This is what my sister does. This is So starting to connect those dots allows for you to do some internal work and to look at yourself and to really see, okay, that's where that comes from. And so really examining what's taking place around you within your family that you may be missing because you're so conditioned to how your family moves that you're not digging deep enough to understand the nutrients of your roots. Awesome words. So Takara, we're almost to the end of the show and this conversation is great. We can talk about this all day because I'm sure the listeners are getting some nuggets. They're taking some notes. We may have to have a part two. (laughs) I'm down for it all. I I really feel that we are in a time where people need to know who they are. Mm -hmm. They Definitely. With this last year, and I think being at home, especially the early part of 2020, like being at home and really being quarantined, so many people could not take it. I mean, I couldn't take it. I'm very self-aware. I know who I am, but I was just losing my mind. Mind. Someone who doesn't have a purpose or understand who they are. And yes, I'm pretty sure it broke some people. So definitely a conversation that is very relevant in these times. And uh, and getting ready to close out the podcast, I want to ask you a question about money because of course, me being a financial educator and focus on money, that's what really gets me excited (laughs) outside of everything else. (laughs) So my brand is Balling on a Budget. And I've lived by that term for years. It's a term that's been out forever. It's been out since the 90s. You heard it in rap songs. I think even recently, like Burger King has used it in a commercial. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have a workbook called Balling on a Budget. And it's a budget workbook, helps consumers really learn to get their money together. Wow. I would love to hear what your definition of Balling on a Budget is. Wow. Okay. So real, 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 real quick. I remember I told you all that 2012 was the year I turned 30. What I didn't tell you is when I lost my job, I was making over 70,000 a year. And God took me down to making 22,000 a year for three straight years. So balling on a budget for me, it changed my life. And I didn't understand that I needed those nuggets back then in 2012 through 2015 that I now need now as an entrepreneur, okay? So the one thing that I'm going to tell you guys, and we've heard it so many times probably growing up, but we do not realize the power of the words, understanding the difference between a need and a want. That was one of the things that I took away from my experience of really being made is what I say. I really feel like I was on the potter's wheel between the time of 30 and 33. And then understanding, yes, you can celebrate yourself. However, celebrate yourself in moderation and understand the power of budgeting. Live the way that you want to live today because of the way that you desire to live tomorrow. I love it. I love it. And you mentioned two things, needs and wants. Those are two of the focus categories that really goes into someone building their budget. So do you have any last words for the listeners today? Absolutely. Understanding who you are is a game changer. Don't allow anybody else to influence you to not live your best life by choosing to live on purpose for purpose every day. Choose to be dope, directed on purpose every day. Choose that. 
understand that you have the power to make powerful decisions because you are indeed a powerhouse. It starts with you. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with Angel online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss RMBA. That's M-I-S-S-R-M-B-A. Be sure to subscribe and review. Join us next time as we continue to empower you through milestones, motivation, and money.